Welcome to each of you who have joined us today. This is your host, Robert Rogers. I'm the founder of Parkinson's Recovery. We launched this effort in 2004. This program is going to consist of answering a large set of questions that I've received over the last several days. I'll read the question and then provide a response some of you who have submitted questions are not going to hear your answer because I received far, far more questions than I can handle in one program. What I'm going to do is to schedule a follow-up program one week from today. If you submitted a question and don't hear your response today, please tune in next week, and I'll be happy to read and respond to your question then. First, a little preliminary information this is actually the first live event that I've done now for about six months. The reason is I've been working furiously on updating the book Road to Recovery from Parkinson's Disease. The last version was 2013. When I started the update work, I thought it would take me a couple of weeks. And when I actually got into doing the revision, the adding of new insights and information and discoveries over the last three years, I have to tell each of you I have been overwhelmed by how much exciting new information I unearthed from the research, from the many radio show interviews that I have done. It took me literally four months to complete that update. So that's part of the reason I haven't been able to be live with you here and responding to each of your concerns. Now that that update is finished and released, I have scheduled two particular offerings to provide ongoing support in addition to everything else I'm doing for those of you who are already connected. The first is that I'm offering uh, some consultation opportunities at a discount here in the next week. And second of all, I've also opened up a second offering this year of my Jump Start to Recovery course. We'll have eight live sessions in August and September. That offering has just been announced today, and there's a wonderful early bird special on that as well. As you then hear some of the discussion I'm about to reveal if you feel like you need some more support in addition to the many free services that we offer, then there, those are a couple of opportunities that I want to make available to you. So what I'm going to do is to read each question and uh, provide my thoughts and my response after doing some research on each. The first question comes from Adrian. I have been following the nutritional approach to try to heal myself from Parkinson's disease since January 2015, which involves daily juicing intake, three to four glasses of a blended smoothie, a vegetarian diet, and daily yoga and qigong exercise. And I really just want to point out there's a couple of words here that are flags in terms of thought forms you're indicating you are trying to heal yourself. In your own thoughts, I would just scratch the word try, and I would say, I'm healing myself. I mean, what an amazing regimen 
of activities that you have committed yourself to since January of 2015. I bow down and congratulate you for this amazing set of commitments. Since March 2017, my detox cycle has gotten shorter and shorter. I used to experience a major healing crisis every two to three months. But these days, it's every four days or so, followed by two days of relatively good days. Hooray, hooray. Obviously, things are going in the right direction. Also, the detox symptoms would come and go within a day or so, but often at unpredictable times. Obviously, this has made it very difficult to try to make any concrete plans for my day-to-day work and living. So particularly for work schedules, it obviously can be very difficult under such circumstances. So first, does the shortening of the detox cycle mean that I am indeed recovering from Parkinson's? How long does it take a person with Parkinson's symptoms to completely recover from Parkinson's disease using the nutritional approach on average? Well, the answer to the second question is the variation is extremely large, and we don't have a large number of individuals to report some definitive data on that. What I can report is that when a true healing occurs, symptoms will begin to present themselves more frequently and oftentimes more aggressively. When many people pursue therapies, they have the expectation that I'm going to spend this $100 for therapy X or Y or even more. And boy, when I get done, I'm going to walk out of that office, I'll walk out of that clinic, and I'm going to be feeling a whole lot better. I'm going to say, wow, that $100 was really well worth it. The truth of the matter is that what you really want to experience is, and you're probably going to think, this guy's got to be crazy. What you really want to experience is some genuine, authentic healing, which means that you're not going to be feeling great. In fact, you may be feeling lousy for a few days. So whenever you're getting therapy of any type, it can be the case if there's authentic healing that you are indeed are healing. It's just the body is creating some extra challenges for you. Now, I'm putting aside the possible effects, the side effects of medications, which, of course, are a very different story indeed. So when all of a sudden things begin to pop up, it probably means that, boy, your body is really beginning to respond. Think of it this way. Your body can be pretty sleepy, and all of a sudden as you begin to wake up those cells, as you get more energy running through, the body really begins to work on healing from the inside out. My own response is, feels like that's a good thing. How best shall I manage my daily juicing, dietary, and exercise routines such that I can keep the detox symptoms under control and not let them disrupt my day-to-day plans and schedules? I have an answer that you're not going to like, Adrienne. I think the best way to approach that horrible challenge, and it is horrible, I well understand, is instead of trying to keep all of that under control, I suspect a better response will be to give up control. 
to be in the moment. If your body needs to move, rattle, shake, and do whatever it needs to do, then I would suggest to say to your body, bring it on. If this is what you need to do right now, okay, I'll make adjustments accordingly. Now, obviously, this can create significant challenges. For example, if you have to teach a class and the time is about there, you need to be able to somehow get your body to <laughs> to cooperate. So don't get me wrong. There's got to be, obviously, a juggling of giving up control and being under control. But if you're trying to control everything, it creates extensive stress, and that can exacerbate the symptoms. Every time I experience a healing crisis, my gait control and sense of balance would almost definitely get worse for at least half a day or so. Now, the good news is that it obviously gets a lot better after that. What does this say about the underlying cause of my Parkinson's in the first place? I suspect, and, and for everyone listening, remember, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm a researcher, so anything I might say or any suggestion that I might want to make, be sure to check with your doctor to confirm the wisdom of this particular suggestion. I'm suspecting that what really is in your face right now are some feelings, emotions of anxiety and fear. In other words, there are some emotional issues that are all of a sudden flagging themselves for some attention to be released. So I'm thinking that one of the kinds of things you might consider doing is to begin to journal a little bit about what's happening just before the healing crisis emerges each time. What's happening? It may be that you are being triggered by certain circumstances. For example, you may be encountering a particular individual who is triggering you for whatever reasons. It may be that you are smelling certain smells or you being exposed to certain environmental circumstances that, again, are what we would call emotional triggers for whatever reason. So if you can somehow document, okay, just before the healing crisis emerges, what was really happening? Were you particularly stressed out or challenged? And if so, what was the reason? If you can then begin to journal on what's happening day in and day out, it's possible that you would be able to find a common theme about what's the precursor to your healing crises. And then once you have a, an idea of what the triggers actually are, then you can devote yourself to healing these emotional blockages, and chances are there's some stress and trauma that's embedded in there as well. You're asking, well, how long is the detox protocol supposed to take? Now, I'm drawing my information from Dr. Larry Wilson's interview a number of years ago. He was one of the proponents of healing through this detox method. And first of all, Dr. Wilson doesn't say just the detox is all you need. He really does talk about the importance of addressing these emotional triggers and concerns as well. Now, one of the kinds of memories I have of that interview is that he kind of said, look, if you're going to go the nutritional approach to detoxing, it's not going to happen in a week or two. You're going to have to give it six months to a year at least. Now, Adrian, you've been at this a couple of years. So if I had to guess, and it's just that, it's just wild speculation, I'm guessing that you might have been pretty now successful in getting out 
the heavy metals and perhaps some of the pesticides and other kinds of things that have mucked up your neurological system. So it may be that the detox aspect of your healing has unfolded gently and quite beautifully. You can check this, by the way. Uh, I always do bioenergetic assessments to check the toxins in my body, and boy, does it reveal everything that's actually there. But there are obviously other ways to see if toxins are still an issue. But the reality is that toxins are inextricably tied to trauma. So what you'll want to perhaps do is, in addressing these concerns, is to add to your beautifully designed healing set of approaches and exercises the intention to address traumas and stress in your life. And there are, of course, a number of different beautiful ways that you can actually do that. So if it's the case, and these are all just wild speculations, that anxiety and fear are part of the reason why these healing crises are emerging It may be that the issue now that needs to put at the top for you is more the issue of trauma, and you've been able to address the issue of toxins with this beautiful work that you've actually been doing. So perhaps some journaling will help, perhaps some committing your intention to finding a therapy that will allow you to heal in the deepest sense whatever kinds of traumas uh, continue to be embedded at the cellular level in your body. That's my guess then. It sounds like the protocols that you've used are working absolutely beautifully. You're doing wonderful work. It's obviously helping, and you are a great deal better. And now it may be that the next step is to address the issues at a deeper emotional level and to clear those so that you can manifest your life's dreams. Next question comes from Natalia. Question is, what do you know about using LDN, which are initials for low-dose naltraxin, against Parkinson's disease? Well, like pretty much every question, I know a lot about all of this because I've been doing research on this for 12, 14 years. And I suppose that the other thing I can take some pride in is that if you ever, in a commercial sense, begin to look at the news of, oh, we've got a new discovery of whatever it is, chances are I revealed that in one of my radio show interviews five or eight years ago. Well, that's the case for LDN as well. Now, there is a person who is championing the use of low-dose naltraction for persons uh, with Parkinson's symptoms, and Uh, She identifies herself as Lexi. Lexi uh, had Parkinson's symptoms, which were very debilitating, and she discovered uh, that a doctor in New York City had basically begun to discover that using low-dose naltraxone, not high-dose, which is actually used to address some addiction issues uh, like addiction to heroin, but low-dose was actually helping his patients with Parkinson's. So she convinced her doctor to prescribe low-dose naltraxone, and she really is a champion for that as a possible therapy. And the interviews on Parkinson's Recovery Radio that I have aired with Lexi aired on October the 5th, 2011, and June the 16th, 2014, 
You can access the radio show replays by going to the main website, parkinsonsrecovery.com. You'll see a link there where it says radio shows. You click on that. That takes you to the radio show page. And then the thing to keep in mind is that the radio show page has 10 pages of listings of shows because I've now aired that for about eight or nine years. So you have to basically page back, page after page, until you can find the dates of Lexi's show. That's October the 5th, 2011, June the 16th, 2014. One of the kinds of things I did in Road to Recovery Revision is to document this so there are quick links for people so you don't have to dig into the radio show page. But let me say uh, to you, Natalia, that please begin to use the resource of these radio show replays in figuring out what decisions you need to make on your journey down the road to recovery. I personally spend $3,000 a year to make those radio show plays free and available to people. My wish is that more and more people would begin to access them. There's a second resource that's available as well, and this is a website that has marvelous information about LDN. So I'll first say the website, and then I'll spell the words. It's ldnscience.org. So I'll now say the letters. L as in Larry, D as in dog, N as in Nancy, S as in science, C as in cat, I as in interest, E as in ever, N as in Nancy, C as in cat, E as in enter, dot O-R-G. In addition, we have taken a video of Lexi doing a presentation about LDN at the Parkinson's Recovery Summit in Santa Fe in 2013, and you can actually acquire that video if you'll go again to the main website. There is then a menu item or a link that you can click that lists all the videos that we took there at the summit. She gives a marvelous uh, presentation on LDN there at the Parkinson's Recovery Summit in Santa Fe. Now, LDN is not a panacea, it's not a cure, but what it does is it tricks the immune system into basically being more functional. It's really a way to almost trick the body is what it's doing. So if a person has the symptoms that are due primarily to issues of, for example, bacterial infections, or candida, or Lyme disease, then tricking the immune system really can be, in the long run, a smart move. Now, this is a prescription medication. It does have side effects. So one of the kind of revelations that I discovered in the research that I have done is some neurologists refuse to prescribe LDN, partly because it's not on their standard list. A lot of the neurologists don't even know about this as a treatment. But the second reason is LDN, like all prescription medicines, have side effects. It can create some additional challenges to the liver. And I know there are several of the more holistically inclined neurologists who don't are not willing to prescribe LDN for their patients for that reason and that reason alone. 
So getting a prescription for LDN oftentimes can be a challenge from trying to get it from your neurologist. You can give them this website address that I gave to you before, or you can go sometimes to your family practitioner, and sometimes they'll be more willing to look at the website evidence, and they might, they might be willing to prescribe that as a therapy. Does it help everyone? Well, my research indicates there is no therapy out there that helps everyone. It doesn't exist because the factors that contribute to the symptoms are so multifaceted. But it's also clear to me that it does help some individuals. So for you, Natalia, I would suggest to listen to both of those radio show interviews that I did with Lexi and also visit that website and make your own decision on whether or not you think maybe pursuing trying to get a prescription for LDN might be a noble, worthwhile strategy for you. Merrick has the following question. I came across some YouTube videos by accident about the use of mannitol, M-A-N-N-I, T-O-L. I wanted to know if you or your listeners could give me some feedback on its use to fight against Parkinson's. I'm in the 20th year of being challenges, challenged by Parkinson's symptoms, and I'm nearly four years post-DBS or deep brain surgery. Well, again, like all of these particular topics, I've done a radio show interview and you'll find, Merrick, that interview on the radio show page on February the 26th, 2016. The interview is with an individual who also has Parkinson's symptoms, Don McCammon. The title of that show is Medical Food to Stop the Progression of Parkinson's Disease. Don, in his own investigation, trying to figure out what he could do to address his own symptoms, discovered there was some quite interesting research in Israel using fireflies. They induced Parkinson's symptoms to the fireflies, and then they actually did the therapeutic intervention of giving them mannitol. And the results were quite stunning. The fireflies that got the mannitol got all of a sudden well, and those that didn't, well, they basically died. Obviously, we're humans. We're not fireflies. But that didn't stop Don. Don thought, well, hey, I'm up for anything. And, of course, mannitol is not a prescription medicine. It's actually one form of a sweetener or a sugar <clears throat> Mannitol is found in quite a few of these candies that are marketed for diabetics because it's not a it doesn't have the kind of sugar infusion that the regular sugars have for diabetics. So mannitol is basically a sweetener. So Don basically began to do his own investigation and he discovered that first of all taking mannitol alone wound up creating quite a few serious and horrendous digestive issues, lots of gas, lots of discomfort. So he thought, well, that's not so good. And so I guess he found a couple of other companion ingredients, also natural, that he added to mannitol and created a powder that he began taking to see if he could address his own symptoms. 
And his discovery was that his symptoms, whoa, they really reversed significantly, if not vanished altogether. So he became a huge proponent of using mannitol as something that might actually address the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. Now, I listened to the interview with Don, and I thought to myself, well, gosh, that really is interesting. I'm a sucker for anything that's natural, doesn't have side effects. And as many of you realize, my family has been very much affected by Parkinson's disease. My mother was diagnosed. My uncle was diagnosed. They both took medicines. I don't have any of those symptoms. I don't, I don't have Parkinson's symptoms. And I've approached it as a researcher. But when I listened to the interview that Don offered, I thought, you know what? One of the things Don says that Manitol is supposed to help is mental acuity the ability to remember short-term memory, long-term memory. In other words, you just get sharper and you don't have as much memory fog. Now, I was drawn to that because ever since I've been a teenager, I've gone into these brief periods where I just, for some reason, can't remember a name. I just have this temporary lapse of not being able to recall something that I should be able to recall. For example, the name of some famous actor like Elizabeth Taylor. Well, everybody knows the name of Elizabeth Taylor, and I'll try to recover that, but can't quite retrieve it for three or four minutes or five minutes or not until the next day. And again, it's been an issue for me my whole life. And I thought, wow, I wonder if this might actually sharpen up my ability to retrieve all of these little small details that I want to always keep in mind. So I spent my $40, I sent it to Don, and he sent me some of his Senoclean, which is his name for the little product that he began to produce and now that he sells. And uh, I started taking Manitol. It's it's very uh, uh, easy to use. You just take a little scoopful and you put it into tea or coffee. I'm a tea drinker myself, and so every morning I just put my little scoop in there. And so what I want to report for whatever it's worth, Merrick, is that my own experience is, first of all, well, I still had some intestinal discomfort. Not serious, but there was some gassing and some intestinal discomfort, so that still wound up being an issue. But the second revelation was over a period after, I'd say, two weeks, I did notice that my mental abilities had been uh, improved in the sense of being able to recall these little small details of names and details. So that's my own personal experience of using Manitol. Don uh, basically is pretty brash in suggesting that you take that and your symptoms are going to all of a sudden be addressed. Now, my own sense of that is, no, I very much doubt that. I don't know of any therapy that's going to do that for anyone. My next revelation about Manitol was a discovery that it has been shown that mannitol actually also goes after and addresses problems with bacterial infections in the gut. And I thought, whoa, I wonder if that's one of the big reasons why mannitol is helping him and obviously some other people as well. If then I would just conclude, based on my research evidence, you have a suspicion that infections of some kind might be an issue for you, then it may be worth contacting Don and getting some Manitol and see if you, like he, will, might get some relief from symptoms. If the issues that are aggravating the symptoms wind up being infections, bacterial infections, and 
to the extent that mannitol can actually address that, it may be that mannitol would be a good choice for you to consider. Once again, that full explanation of mannitol is in my radio show interview with Don McCammon on February the 26th, 2016. Next question comes from Charlene. Do you think all so-called Parkinson's disease originates from the same cause, that is, trauma. Now, the first comment that I want to make about Charlene's question is she is treating Parkinson's disease as something that is an entity that is well-defined and well-understood and has clear boundaries. When I first launched my research program, after being a tenured professor at the University of Kentucky for 12 years, I really, I have to confess to everybody, had the intention that I would move to Olympia, Washington, and I would begin to do a series of studies looking at natural therapies that were designed to address the symptoms of Parkinson's. So my idea was perhaps I would start with a therapy like cranial sacral therapy. And in fact, we did that way back when we first started. We had a whole study of uh, 10 subjects with cranial sacral therapy. And uh, document that as a researcher, publish that, and then we'd go on to all these other kind of therapies that I've identified over the years. And there are dozens and dozens that uh, some individuals have clearly found are responsible for reducing, if not eliminating, symptoms. But when I actually, in the early years of my research, I all of a sudden realized, wait a minute, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to engage a series of studies. And that's just not because I wasn't uh, continuing to be funded by the university and I would have had to spend my own money to do that. But rather, I realized that there is a very, very low reliability of the label that is assigned to individuals that is the label of Parkinson's disease. Now, I don't want to turn any of you off who are listening, but when I was a researcher, I was a very quantitative researcher. I basically crunched numbers. And the big issue in research is if you have a variable, you'd like to be able to have reasonably high reliability. Now, when persons are diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, that is anything but the case. My research reveals that a lot of people who are labeled with Parkinson's disease, they don't have Parkinson's disease. I'd say, I'd estimate that approximately 30% of those of you who are listening to this program more than likely have a Lyme infection. You don't have Parkinson's disease. Others of you have heavy metal toxins that are responsible. Some of you have some pesticide infections. Some of you have bacterial infections. Some of you have candida. I can go on and on and on. So wait a minute. The label of Parkinson's disease is assigned by well-qualified and talented medical professionals who do their best to look at a person, and of course they only have about 10 minutes. <clears throat> they go through a few <clears throat> exercises and, and look and based on their experience, they have to give this label. And then, of course, what they do, the option when you go to a medical specialist is, they then choose some medicines that they'll prescribe to see if, in fact, they might be able to suppress the symptoms. 
at any rate, all I want to say is when people anchor their questions on, okay, what about what happens uh, for people who have Parkinson's with using therapy X? The problem is that the cause of the Parkinson's uh, is so multifaceted that that label really doesn't have very much meaning. Just because a person has that diagnosis, we can't conclude that, in fact, they have what we might describe to be pure Parkinson's, which is that degradation of the ability of the body to basically manufacture dopamine naturally. Now, further, there are people who have that particular challenge. Their bodies are not producing dopamine naturally. But the question is not that. The question is, well, why is the body not able to do that? What's the precursor to that? Is it a genetic malady? <clears throat> is it perhaps some toxins? <clears throat> What's the reason? So when people ask questions, well, what is your experience with people with Parkinson's with Therapy X? The answers are going to be all over the place because it depends on what the cause of the Parkinson's actually is. Now, the question here does ask for people who have neurological challenges, is it the same cause trauma? Well, my research in the early years revealed that trauma always lies underneath most symptoms because it sustains the symptoms. The trauma is trapped. So when we are traumatized as human beings, we tend to freeze. And when we freeze, we freeze the feeling of the trauma at the cellular level in our body. So therapies that are designed to release the trauma make a huge difference in being able to see a long-term relief in symptoms. And then uh, Charlene continues, uh, or is it a collection of various causes with some similar trait, that is, for example, tremors, which in the future may be reclassified according to newly discovered origins not yet identified. Well, here, my sense is that because the symptoms that are associated with these neurological challenges are due to so many different factors, toxins, infections, tetanus inoculations, TB, tuberculosis, Lyme, research definitively indicates all of those are as potential factors, and I could go on to a list of another dozen potential factors. The fact is that if you're going to have a label, it doesn't really mean very much at all. I believe the real challenge, the real question to be considered is, all right, fine, I've got these symptoms. What's causing the symptoms? What lies at the foundation of all of it? Yeah, trauma may be there. If also, in addition to trauma, there are toxins. It's oftentimes the case for people that toxins go hand in hand with the trauma. When people are traumatized, they unconsciously want to leave their bodies, which means that they're dead. So what the body does is, with the body's intention of always helping us survive and live, the body basically holds us here on the earth. They, they basically energetically make sure that we're present. And so they do that by holding the heavy metals. The heavy metals have this very low frequency that tends to hold us into our bodies. So some people who do a serious uh, detox of the heavy metals and the toxins may still have problems if they haven't actually also addressed the issues with trauma. So I just want to say that I believe that one of the healthiest kinds of decisions and moves that anybody can make 
who's been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, is basically to put that label aside. Now, the label had to be given by medical professionals to prescribe medicines, and it may be that medicines are really helping. It may be they're not. And so you have to acknowledge that the medical folks, they only got about 10 minutes to spend with you. They do the best that they can do, and they have to give some kind of a label to then legally be able to prescribe the medicines to see if they're going to actually work. You do not need to take on that label. It's just a label. It's what we call a garbage can diagnosis. It could mean lots and lots of different things. So what you can do is you can say, well, wait a minute. Let's just ditch this over and let the medical people have that label if they have to have it. And what I'll do then is to say, all right, let me just stop here and let me focus on a more interesting question. Instead of somebody else telling me that I have some kind of a disease that some people believe is degenerative, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, oh, wait a minute. My body is giving me some signals. My body is giving me some information. How about let me just stop and consider, hmm, I wonder what's out of balance. Maybe I can figure this out all by myself. One of the discoveries that I made, and this wasn't in the early stages of my research, is when I began to look at all of the people who were having resounding success with reversing their symptoms, I asked the question, what do they all have in common? Certainly, they were not doing the same thing. I'm telling you, the responses that people have that are successful are very, very different in their character. It depends on what their cause was. So I then said, well, that's fine. I know that because you're going to use different therapies for different causes. My question then was, but wait a minute, what's really in common across all these individuals? And as it turns out, there was one factor that was in common. In each case, and we have radio show interviews now on Parkinson's Recovery Radio, all available for replay, of 70, 70 individuals who tell their stories. And if you listen, and I encourage all of you to listen to all those interviews, when you listen to those interviews, what you'll discover is each person is in full and complete control over every decision that they make. Nobody is telling them what's wrong with them. They are figuring it out for themselves, and they are making the decisions for themselves that are making the difference. So it's not as if any expert can figure it out for us or anyone. The challenge is, in order to be able to be successful, to say, all right, I can figure this out myself, and so I'm going to launch a program of saying, my body keeps yelling at me, would you please pay attention, and to stop and say, all right, I'm, I'm listening, <laughs> you know, what's really going on. And one of the, I think, wonderful contributions I've made for people is, once I realized when you're in control, you're going to be successful, is I designed in the Jumpstart to Recovery program along and a very rich module on how you can discover the cause or causes of your symptoms all by yourself. No doctor is needed. No discussion with me is necessary, although I don't diagnose anything. And so what I discovered when I really began to think about this and answered the question, what can a person really do to find what the cause of their problem is, I realized, well, we've known now for centuries that the body is always telling us in lots of different ways what's wrong. 
there are meridians that run throughout the body. And so if you begin to actually look at your eyes, it's a whole technology known as iridology, and you can do this yourself, you can actually determine what organs are compromised. You can begin to feel the, the soft spots or the painful spots in your feet, depending on where the spot is. Guess what? That tells you what organ is compromised. You can get incredible information from just looking more seriously at what teeth of yours have been infected or lost due to infections or other problems. Eyes, teeth, feet, meridians, muscle testing. It's incredible these ways that we can access that will tell us, in fact, what our body is really doing and communicating about what is wrong. So I just want to say that I think it's smart to say, well, let's just ditch any kind of label which presumes that my problem is my body can't make dopamine. I really, as a researcher, not as a medical professional, but as a researcher, I want to say in most cases we're saying 88% of individuals who have a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. I don't think the, the primary issue has anything to do with dopamine. I really don't. That's not where it's at. And, yes, of course, giving dopamine supplements will suppress symptoms. That's great. And for many people, that's exactly what you need. But if you're thinking and interested in finding and addressing the driving mechanism for your symptoms, what's causing it, then suppressing the symptoms, it's not going to get you very far. What you're going to really need to do instead is to say, all right, instead of suppressing symptoms, let me ask, how can I heal from the inside out? And to do that, you need to find and identify the cause. Yes, there are physical causes of these symptoms very clearly. There is also the issue of trauma. And so if you set the intention, if that's your issue, and it is for most persons with Parkinson's symptoms, there are ways to release the trauma so that that is not continuing to aggravate the symptoms. And, of course, all of these other issues of toxins and pesticides and infections also need to be addressed in order to be able to heal. I also asked the question several years ago, well, I wonder what really is at the core of healing, genuine, authentic healing, not just suppressing the symptoms with medicines, but authentic healing from the inside out. And when I asked that question, I realized, you know what, I know what one of the secrets is. So I named the book Seven Secrets to Healing. And one of the secrets is get the bad stuff out of your body first before starting to pour lots and lots of new stuff in. Get the bad stuff out. And when I say bad stuff, that's not exactly a technical or scientific term, but stuff means all the toxins all the heavy metals, all the pesticides, all the little critters, whether they happen to be mycoplasma or strep or staph or TB, whatever the infections are, or any kind of fungal infection or pesticides, or, of course, there's these little critters called parasites that can also be an awful contributor to the symptoms. Get the bad stuff out before you begin to ask the question, well, what is my body deficient in? What do I also need to give my body as well? Now, just as a uh, small reminder, uh, 
for those of you who would like to join a board on the Jumpstart to Recovery course, there's an online course. You don't need to take an actual course at all. It is, uh, I guess, uh, 92 lectures, I think 24 hours of videos that I've recorded to uh, basically provide some support on looking at the causes of these symptoms and then also the therapies that address a specific cause. So the idea is to help you figure out for yourself and to take control uh, to, de to determine what the cause of your symptoms are and then finally target on some therapies that will really make a difference and sort of, you know, instead of going all over the place with trying one thing just randomly and another randomly. And I just put up the listing of that new Jumpstart offering. It will be the second of the year and the last and we'll be going uh, in August and in September on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific time. First class is August the 1st on Tuesday. All of the eight classes are recorded. And the goal that I have is to connect with each of you so that by the end of the course you have a clear program. You know what the causes are and you have a clear idea of the kinds of therapies that you can pursue that will address those causes. So the whole intent of the program is jumpstart, to be able to allow you to have a clear focus of what you need to do in order to be able to see a profound healing and a reversal of whatever symptoms you currently experience. Next question comes from Myrna, and the question is, what can I do to relieve me of my hand, foot, and inner head tremors, or at least reduce the tremors question. Now, Myrna, I also want to just comment on the issue, the powerful influence of thoughts. So in the words that you are using in your question, you are qualifying what you expect will be the outcome. You're saying at least, that's clearly qualifying, and you're saying reduce, that's also clearly qualifying. Is that really all that you expect to see happen? So thought forms determine the outcome. If that's what you expect will happen, that is maybe you'll have a reduction in your tremor, that's all you're going to get. So why not set a clearer expectation of what you want to see happen? You know, what is it in your life that you want to be able to accomplish? And I think you'll find you'll get a much more exciting outcome and a result. People oftentimes downplay the influence of thoughts on our lives and what we're able to manifest. But I'm here to tell you that's where it is at when it comes to being able to manifest anything. So when we qualify our expectation of what we think we want to see happen, that's exactly what happens. So when you buy in to that false belief template out there that's everywhere on the internet. You search any website, except mine and a few others, that basically uh, says, well, uh, here's the story on Parkinson's. And what you'll see in the third or fourth paragraph is, well, as everybody knows, Parkinson's is degenerative. It's not true. And if you believe that it is true, if you embrace that belief, then that's what's going to happen for you. If you buy into it, then there's not much in any therapy will wind up being able to do positively for your symptoms. So I would just suggest scratch those words and ask yourself, what is it that you want to manifest in your life and set that as your intention? Now, 
Murner continues, the tremors are in my left hand, left foot, and upper inner left side of my head. I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease in 2014. I declined prescription meds. Now, what I did with your question, Myrna, is since you told me the actual origin of your symptoms, I went to my handy Meridian book. It's one of the kinds of modules in the Jumpstart to Recovery course that I cover. And I began to thumb through my little book to find out, okay, what meridians are connected to your left hand, your left foot, and your upper, inner, and left side of your head. So I looked and looked and looked, and here's what I discovered. Okay, if we look at the meridians that connect to your left hand and to your uh, left foot, we're talking about your small intestine as a source point. When we're looking at the upper, inner, left side of your head, we're looking at the following organs that are affected. Your gallbladder, your stomach, your liver, and your spleen. So what that suggests to me, Myrna, is the underlying issue for your symptoms winds up being digestive. And so focusing on digestion is going to lead you to a very promising outcome. And again, how I have determined that, and of course this is speculation, is to say, all right, if that was the originating source of these problems, what meridian connects to that? I would then suggest for all of you, you can do the same. You can go back and ask yourself the question, when I first began to experience these symptoms, what, what was the originating source? Was it my pinky finger in my left hand? Was it my pointing finger in my right hand? Where was it? And when I do consultations with people, I have my little book, and sometimes if a person can identify a specific source, I can look, and then we can trace where the meridian goes. We can find the organ systems that are compromised, and that gives incredibly helpful information about what's the underlying cause. And here, we, the research on Parkinson's has definitively determined, this is not just recently, but it's been now a number of years, that 90% of the brain is in the gut. <laughs> I mean, it's not the other way around. A lot of people think, well, my brain, you know, covers 90% of everything and the gut is 10%. It's just the reverse. And so the origin of a lot of Parkinson's symptoms is in the gut. And a lot of the issues oftentimes reside in the fact that there's not enough good bacteria in the gut. Why isn't there enough good bacteria to digest what needs to be digested? Well, first of all, you may be eating food that your body is, is throwing out and rebelling against. But second of all, it's also very possible that in your gut, in your digestive system, whether it's your small intestine or your gallbladder, your stomach or your liver or your spleen, wherever it is, there may be some horrendous bacterial infection that is hiding out there, undercover. It could be mycoplasma. It could be strep. It could be staph. And one of the biggest infections that a lot of people are surprised about is, is the infection of appendicitis. 
So most people know the story of the emergency appendicitis operation where you go in and, oh, it's about to be burst and you're going to die. And, of course, the surgeons take out the appendicitis. But as it turns out, what happens to a lot of people is they get the infection in the appendix. The appendix doesn't get that compromised. It doesn't get that painful. But then the infection spreads. It spreads to the small intestines and then all the way up to the stomach. So if the appendicitis infection is in your digestive system, then what's going to happen is it's going to murder, literally, all of those good bacteria that your digestion needs to digest the food. So, Myrna, I would just suggest that given the source of your symptoms, that one direction that you might want to pursue will be to begin seriously to look at ways that you can support your digestive system. First, by eating live organic food, and second of all, by basically making a decision that you need to address the issues in your digestive system. If there's one radio show that I would recommend that you listen to who gives marvelous suggestions on how to address Parkinson's symptoms in general would be the interview I did with Ross Kelton. He's a natural pharmacist. Ross is very well known uh, in the pharmacy world as well as the natural healing world. And he gives suggestions on uh, what you can do to enhance your digestive system, in particular suggestions on probiotics. Uh, He recommends Dr. O'Hara's probiotics. And I must admit uh, to you also, Myrna, when I finished the interview with Ross, uh, I started ordering some of the Dr. O'Hara's probiotics, uh, mostly for uh, my own family, and I've found wonderful results from using those. So now I actually order them in much larger quantities so we can get a discount for ourselves, but we can make those available as well to other individuals who might be interested. Now, so I've got a next kind of a statement to read, which is not a question, but it's just really a marvelous question, and I got permission uh, from her to actually read it. I just wanted to also uh, report that if you're thinking, you know, it really helped you since you're a bit roadblocked and stymied in your decisions of what next steps to take, if you'd like to be able to get a personal consultation uh, with me, I'd be delighted to help here in the next week or so. Uh, so I'm opening that up for everyone. There's a consultation page on the main website, parkinsonsrecovery.com. But the most important thing I want to give to everybody is for the next couple of days, I got this discount for everyone that wants to get that jump start. So it's a $50 off of the consultations. It's 150 normally, but it's $50 off. So you need to have the coupon code. And so when you get on the shopping cart, if you need that uh, consultation, the coupon code is ANSWERS, A-N-S-W-E-R-S, the word ANSWERS. And that automatically will credit you with the $50 off for your consultation. Or alternatively, if you want to get started right now with getting access to the free Jumpstart to Recovery online course when you enroll in the uh, August course, that page is also on the main website. You'll see a menu item up at the top of parkinsonsrecovery.com that basically uh, will show Jumpstart to Recovery. Click on that, and that gives lots of information about the content in the course to see if you're called out to pursue that. And again, there's a $100 discount on that, too, here for the next week. I've got a, a an email from uh, Josie that I wanted to read. She didn't ask a question, but she sort of asked me to read this, and so I'm just honored and delighted to be able to uh, to read this. 
Dear Robert, thank you for all that you have done for all who suffer from Parkinson's disease. When I was first diagnosed with the disease in October last year, I denied that it was true. I was working in a Catholic church then, and I was blessed with a priest who introduced me to your program. One day, as I was praying, the inspiration to pray for healing came to me. I was then kneeling before the Blessed Sacrament in an adoration room. As you have so thoughtfully said, that some of the words from the Internet can do more harm than good. As I listened to your talks, I told myself that I am in control and not influenced by what others say. I also prayed for wisdom to do the right thing. Today, I can safely say that I have been healed. I no longer take the medicine recommended by the doctor. I saw two other doctors to confirm that I had the first stage of the disease. I'm blessed with doing TRE. Now, that stands for Trauma Release Exercises. I interviewed the founder of that on the radio show several years ago. And again, I thank God for the priest who arranged for me to see a certified trainer. I keep her updated, too. Now, I'm Just so grateful to share my testimony with you. My family members had a meeting with me, and they were ready to help me. Now I thank God for showing me mercy. May God bless you with all that you continue to do for the people. I do appreciate what you have been doing all these years, and I will continue to pray for you and all to whom you work with. Thank you, Josie. That is deeply appreciated. What a wonderful email to receive. You certainly made my day. Now, we only have a a couple of more minutes, and for those of you listening uh, and who have submitted a question, I'm not able in this one program to get through the 40 or 50 questions I've received. So I'm going to schedule a follow-up radio, or I should say uh, teleseminar series, just like this one, in one week from today, and we'll continue with making uh, some comments on the questions that I've received. Uh, This one, oh, I just see it's from Trula, and she says, uh, Dr. Rogers, will your updated book be available as an e-book? And the answer is yes, yes, yes. It's available as a download or as a Kindle or as a paperback. We've got all of that finally up and running. When I first announced it, uh, it was only available as a a download, but now the paperback is available. The uh, Kindle book is available, and, of course, the download as well, if you just want a basic download. So let me now address one more question before we conclude this particular program, and I look forward to connecting with you one week uh, from today to be able to continue responding and answering the many wonderful questions that I've received. This is from Chris. Robert, have you researched the amino acid therapy approach? Is it all as successful as they say? Regards, Chris. Yes, uh, I've Chris like pretty much every therapy. I have done extensive research on this particular therapy. I invited Marty Hines, who is pretty much the originator of this idea. He hangs out in Minnesota, uh, a medical doctor, to be uh, a guest on the show, but uh, that was not successful, as is the case for many of my invitations. Uh, but I have been interested and pursued uh, discussing with many people the particular response that they've received from getting the amino acid therapy. 
So first of all, what I can report is, yes, there are certainly some people who have clearly benefited from the therapy. There's no doubt about it. However, there are also other people that have told me, either in just random calls or in consultations, that they tried it and they really were disappointed with the result. This is not unlike any result for any therapy I have ever investigated. Pretty much every therapy will find some people who report, boy, it's just wonderful, it's just given my life back. Other people will say, nope, I spent a lot of money, didn't do any good for me at all. So again, I think to sound like I'm being repetitive, and for that I apologize, I think the better approach, instead of just chasing after one random therapy after another because some people said it worked, I just want to suggest I think a better approach is to pause and to say, well, what is the underlying cause of the symptoms you experience? And to consider any possible factor that might cause it, clearing, uh, including trauma, stress, of course, all the toxins that you might be exposed to and the continuing exposure to toxins. There are also family entanglements that might be an issue, and that could be the compelling reason why the symptoms continue to percolate. Now, let me also say just a little bit about the amino acid therapy. Uh, I had, I guess about six years ago, an individual from Europe, and they were really interested in this particular therapeutic approach. And so I called Marty Heinz's clinic, and I said, uh, well, can I talk to Dr. Heinz? No, the answer was no, he's busy, but I talked to uh, a nurse. And I said, look, I've got a particular listener to my program who's interested in getting this particular work. Could they do this at long distance with you? And her answer was, oh, no, no, that's not possible. Uh, you have, we have to do blood draws uh, frequently, sometimes two or three times a week, in order to be able to determine what amino acids to prescribe. And so I you know, got back to the person and sadly reported, no, that's not a therapy that you would be able to do at long distance. You have to be pretty much connected to a medical doctor practitioner uh, to be able to receive the work. Now, what I've also discovered is that uh, Dr. Hines has trained a certain number of individuals to follow his protocol. They must acquire the supplements that they use from him. They can't go outside and continue to be certified. So the supplements themselves are expensive. As I understand it from talking with some of the users, the therapy is expensive. It's not anything that's cheap. So it's an expensive therapy. And, of course, uh, the other uh, challenge with this is you are asking an outside intervention to fix you. And so I don't have any research evidence for this, but, but my intuition tells me that whenever you're relying on some outside intervention, whatever it might be, well, that's not going to give you the long-term result that you're hoping for. The only way to get that is to ask what's causing the problem and then uh, address the cause. And when you do that, then you're likely to be able to have a successful long-term outcome. So the other question for amino acid therapy that I would always ask is, okay, yes, it's probably the case that there are some deficiencies in amino acids for people with, with neurological challenges. But again, ask the question, why is that? Why in the world would there be deficiencies in amino acids? What's the precursor to that? So I keep asking the question, well, if that's out of balance, then why is it? Now, I also have an interview with a amino acid therapy practitioner. His name is David Overton. 
He's a physician's assistant, and he uh, operates in part under the Marty Hines protocol. The interview with David Overton was on my Parkinson's Recovery radio show on February the 14th, 2014. And the title of the particular radio show interview is Dopamine Depletion, Tremors, Parkinson's, and More. So if you'd like to be able to hear some perspective on that particular set of treatments, then I would suggest, Chris, that you access that particular interview on the radio show page. Again, you go to the main website, parkinsonsrecovery.com, and then click on the radio show link. It'll show the most recent interviews that I've done in 2017. So for 2014, you'll need to go all the way down to the bottom of the page. There are at least 20 shows or more listed on each page. And then you'll probably have to skip to about the third page. There are 10 or 11 pages total of listings. And then just look up for the date, uh, February 14, 2014, and you'll see the title, Dopamine Depletion, Tremors, Parkinson's, and more. And uh, you'll hear my interview with uh, David Overton. And he gives a, sort of a perspective on the kind of work that he actually does. Another possible way of pursuing this is to pursue the question, what is the cause, by going to a functional medical uh, practitioner. These are people who are medical doctors. There's a actually very small proportion now of medical doctors who do this work, but it's growing in number. And so uh, these are medical doctors who really were not getting much satisfaction out of just prescribing medicines that, that basically suppress symptoms. And they began to ask the question, okay, wait a minute, maybe what naturopaths have done for many years is really the smart way to go. Why don't we ask the question, what's causing the problem? So what a functional medical doctor is, they go in and they, instead of putting any kind of label on the symptoms, they say, all right, let's just see what's out of balance in the body and let's support the body's ability to come back into balance. So that's a very different approach. The amino acid approach is basically not asking, okay, what's the cause? Again, yes, it may be that there's a deficiency of amino acids. Well, fine. But again, I ask the next question, which is the more important question, why is there a deficiency? The body knows how to be in balance. That's the natural state of the body. So if there's an imbalance, what's the underlying cause? And, of course, one of the simple answers could be, well, maybe the person is not eating live food. Or perhaps they've got some toxins that are basically eating away at the amino acids. Who knows what the reason is? These, these particular causes can be very complex, very complicated, and so that's what the functional medical people do. Now, in the Jumpstart to Recovery program, we also have other ways of uh, we explain of determining the cause of these symptoms by going uh, to some assessments, some holistic assessments. What I personally use and, and really favor as a particular modality is bioenergetic assessments. These are holistic assessments that look at everything that's out of balance in the body. So instead of medical tests per se, where they kind of look at your blood, that's only looking at a small part of what's in your body. The bioenergetic assessments take samples of saliva, and they do analyses of the frequencies that you find that are in the saliva. That's really marvelous work, I just might say, because you can see everything that is a problem in your body. Uh, when I first started getting the bioenergetic assessments about 12 years, actually it's been 15 years ago, I thought, this sounds like a great idea. Let me see what the report reveals. 
So when I looked at the particular report, uh, I was amazed at the listing of all the toxic substances that were in my body. From, by the way, doing some home repair work, <laughs> it's like, oh, that's right. That was what was listed in the label of the horrendous toxin that I used to clean up my floor a couple of days ago. And then I had bacterial infections. I had strep. I had staph. I'd been spending a lot of time in hospitals with family members. I thought, oh, that makes good sense. So to see the real listing of what's in the body is, is in a way, a bit horrifying. Uh, our bodies are miracles. I mean, they really do keep us alive, even though we're exposed to a lot of different horrendous kind of substances. So basically the approach that I certainly think has worked for me personally is instead of focusing on what's wrong, what the naturopathic approach and what I think functional medical doctors do is they say, all right, let's support the body's natural ability to heal. So in my particular case, uh, I had some seriously compromised uh, kidneys and livers. And so what are you going to do to heal? Well, you got to get your liver so that it's not as toxic. you got to get your kidneys so that they can function and get rid of the bad stuff. So over time, these little supports that are given uh, by these wonderful medical practitioners are able to facilitate the body's ability to come back into balance. So you can get a medical tests, but again, they're very specific. Again, I really have loved and embraced the idea of these more holistic assessments. And the one that I found that works for me the best is this bioenergetic assessment. Now we have, uh, gosh, a few dozen other questions that need to be addressed. Uh, we're at the witching hour of one hour. So what I want to say to each of you is uh, I've got notes on all of the questions that you've submitted. I'm continuing to do research on some of them so that what we'll do is we'll reconvene uh, one week from today. And if you have questions of your own, please feel free to submit them. It's robert at parkinsonsrecovery.com. I'd be happy to put this on the list, and we'll just continue to respond to each question that has been submitted based on whatever kinds of insights I might be able to reveal from the research that I've done. Just a reminder, anything I might have said to anybody that would indicate medical treatment, it's not that. I'm just a researcher. Be sure to check with your doctor and get their advice and consultation on what kind of positive steps you really need to take. And finally, to conclude, keep in mind, again, that we have two new announcements that we just made today. The first is I'm, for the next week, offering consultations, one-on-one, one-hour sessions for folks. Um, and don't forget, if you want to sign up for a consultation, enter that code on the shopping cart. It's a, called a coupon code, and the code is ANSWERS, A-N-S-W-E-R-S. If you'd like to sign up for the Jumpstart to Recovery 8 live classes with me where I connect with each of you, individual, each and every class, as long as it takes. Some of these classes are hours long so that we can really in depth talk about what the issues are and, and what might be most helpful to you in your own journey down the road to recovery. You'll see more information about the Jumpstart to Recovery course, again, on the main website, main menu. So parkinsonsrecovery.com, that's the main website, and then you'll see a menu item that says Jumpstart to Recovery. The course, the early bird discount is already uh, discounted there. You don't need any coupon codes. So if you'd like to sign up, I'd love to see you join us here in the course beginning on Tuesday, August the 1st at 12 noon Pacific time. I do know many of you who are connecting in from many other countries overseas. 
uh, find that time is not the best. We do have many people who signed up, and what they do is they listen to the recordings. Um, and if they have questions in advance, they just email me those, and I fold them in to the presentation that I give in the course. So that's the way it works for a lot of people whose time that winds up being to be inconvenient. Well, thank you for those of you so far that have submitted questions. Again, my apologies. I haven't been able to get to all of your questions, but I promise that next week we're going to make a pass through all of these questions. When I saw how many there were, I thought, well, I can I really cannot address in depth any of these questions if I try to go through all of them. So we're going to divide it up into two actual Q&A sessions. It's been a pleasure and an honor. Again, this is Robert Rogers. I'm the founder of Parkinson's Recovery, which is launched in 2004. We've been at this now for 12 marvelous years, looking at all the kinds of factors that cause Parkinson's symptoms and all the kind of treatments that are helping people reverse them. If there's any one thing I would recommend that you do is start listening to some of these interviews of individuals who have, in fact, found ways to reverse their symptoms. I have 70, 70 interviews with these marvelous pioneers of recovery. They're all different. They all have different stories. But if you want to be motivated to realize that there are all sorts of solutions out there that are available, start listening to the radio show interviews and I've, uh, to make it easy, uh, I've got all of those easily accessible on road to recovery from Parkinson's disease. The download is really nifty because all you have to do is to click on the link and it takes you immediately to the radio show page, which are a little bit difficult to uh, locate. But if you'd prefer not to actually access the book itself, then I just want you to know that all of those interviews are readily available to you for free. The focus for each of the radio show interviews is on the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. I can't begin to tell you the number of wonderful ideas that have been revealed in these interviews. And, yes, I do document and capture the key ideas that have been revealed over the last 12 years and jumpstart to recovery. But the fact is that you're going to get a lot more by just listening to those actual shows. I had several interviews who told me, boy, I'm telling you, it made it transformed my life when I started listening to those radio show interviews. The same will happen to you. I said this once before, but I want to say it again. I personally pay $3,000 to make that resource available to you, so please begin taking advantage of it. It's out there for you to support your recovery. No, there's not one solution out there, and there never will be, but there is a solution that is right for you, so go searching, and I think you'll find the right answer will find you. That's what this healing process is all about. Well, it's a pleasure and honor. Thank you so many of you for connecting in today. We have a long list of callers and connections, and for that I'm deeply thankful. And, again, we'll look forward to connecting with you one week from today. If you have questions, Robert at Parkinson'sRecovery.com. And that's what's happening at, you guessed it, the shores of the Puget Sound, where all the women are smart, all the men are handsome, and all of the children are truly loved. Know that by virtue of the fact that you've connected in and you're listening to this discussion of the various factors that cause these symptoms and the various therapies that really make a difference, that you indeed are on the road to recovery. I look forward to connecting with each of you one week from today. 
same time, same station. I'll be sending out in the newsletter an announcement of the link. Thanks for connecting in. Bye.